Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Today we're going to continue our series of talks called Let No One Deceive You. Let No One Deceive You. Now here at the Rhodes Church, we believe the only way that we cannot be deceived is by looking at the truth, and we believe the Word of God is the truth, so we get a little excited whenever we open the Bible. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, let's open them up to Mark chapter 13. Woo! (laughs) You thought I was going to say 2 Thessalonians. Gotcha. Gotcha. Today we're going to focus our talk around this question. Here's the question. Are you ready for it? Are you enduring to the end? Me and Devane didn't even talk. He comes up giving this word about enduring and all that stuff. He probably looked at my notes. No, he didn't. He heard from God, and I'm just, are you enduring to the end? Now, I'm going to teach on end times today. And I want to understand this when teaching on end times, teach with humility, because there's a lot of different opinions. So I'm going to give you the word as I understand it. I'm not saying I'm the best in the world. I'm the most knowledgeable in the world. I'm just saying this is what I've studied and what I've come up with. If you disagree, that's okay. If you don't like it, if you haven't been taught that, because I'm going to challenge some things. I'm going to challenge some things that you may have been traditionally taught, but I'm going to do it with the word. I'm going to do it with what I say. Do not believe what Chad says. Get your Bible and believe what the Bible says. Don't follow what I say. What I say doesn't matter. What I say, anybody can say anything, but it's the Bible that matters. So we've got to follow along with that. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. If you're never challenged by a message You need to check yourself. Something's either wrong with you or your church. If you're never challenged, that someone's never making you go, oh, is that right? Am I? If you always, everything just eat, you got to be challenged because God is always taking us from glory to glory. So again, not saying I'm going to throw all your theology under the bus, but I'm going to challenge you. Okay. We got, that's five minutes of intro. I've already used up. Let's go. Mark chapter 13. Are you ready? Mark 13. Again, the signs of the times and the end of the age. This is Jesus teaching on that. Here's what it says in verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled or when they'll go into effect or when they're going to happen? When are these things going to take place? And Jesus answering them began to say, notice the first thing he said when he's talking about the signs of the times and the end of the age. The first words out of his mouth are, take heed. Take heed. That means to beware, to watch out for, to pay attention to. Hey, take heed. Hey, Lord, when the end time's going to come, take heed. Pay attention. Be aware. Take heed that no one Take heed that no one deceives you, misleads you, causes you to stray from the truth. Take heed, pay attention, be aware that no one misleads you about the truth. Now, if if Jesus is telling us to watch out for, beware of being led away from the truth and being misled, why would he do that unless it was possible to happen? Right? He says, let no one deceive you. Make sure no one deceives you. For many will come in my name. In order for deception to take place, you need two things. Number one, you need the presence of a lie. There has to be a lie. And then you also have to have a lack of knowledge of the truth or a lack of belief in the truth. If we're going to be deceived, it's because there's a lie present and we don't know the truth 
or we choose not to believe the truth. That's how we get deceived. Okay? That's really important. You're going to need that today. All right, so he knows what he says. Uh, let, make sure, let no, take, no, there it is. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am he and will deceive many or few. Will deceive many. Will deceive a few. Will deceive many. Everybody say many. Here's what you need to know. We need to get used to being okay with being in the group of the few more than with the many. Come on, I'm talking to some people. We need to be okay with being in the group with the few more than with the group of the many. Why are you saying that, Chad? I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Because Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many or few who go in by it. Many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are many or few who find it. Few. So many go in by it. What's that mean? That's their choice. They have a choice. They go in by it. Why do they go in by it? Because they're deceived. Many will go in by it. It says few will find it. Notice the difference of go in by it and finding it. What does finding it give us the impression of? That it's not easily seen. You have to look for it. How are people going to be deceived? Because they don't look for the truth. Because it's not easily seen. It's not out there in the broad daylight wide open. You have to find it. I'm telling you, people are being deceived right now because they don't dig. They don't look for anything. They just go through newsfeed and scan, look at mainstream media. They're getting deceived because they don't try and find the truth. Okay, we got to move on. We need to embrace the idea of being with a few. Mark Twain said this. He wasn't a prophet, but I like the quote. He says, in the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. In the beginning, when you stand for something, be ready to be with the few. Be ready to be with the few, because the timid going to hang back, and they want to wait to see how things play out. They want to wait to see if they get permission to do it, because it doesn't cost anything. I'm telling you, we got to be ready to pay a price, to lead the way, to have truth in our hearts and say, listen, I'm not waiting for the, for the lies of the devil to be mainstream and everybody see it because the devil's not going to show up with a pitchfork on TV and say, hey, I'm the devil. Proverbs 28 said this, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Now let's go on to verse 7. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, there's no way I'm getting to 78 slides today. When you get to wars and rumors of wars, I need like a seminar of stuff here. When you hear wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled for such things must happen. But the end, everybody say the end. The end is not yet. The end is not yet. Pay attention. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. Now, when it says beginning of sorrows, that's not beginning of sadness. 
The word for sorrows there is the Greek word odin, which literally means agony, pain, or birth pains. The beginning of sorrows, this word was used to describe labor pains. So when all these things begin to happen, this is the beginning of birth pains. Now, men, we don't know nothing. Ladies, can you help us out? Can you help a brother out? When contractions start, what do you know? You know that something's about to happen. You know that something that you're wanting to happen is starting to happen. You know, you got your Braxton Hicks that's, you know, you have those every time. But I'm talking about those early labor pains that start coming. And, you know, we've been through this five times. I've not been through it at all. Let's be very clear. But I've watched it five times. And, you know, you start those watching, those, when those labor pains, those contractions start getting regular and more frequent, more intense, what's the sign? That something's about to happen. He's saying when all these things start to happen, he says these are the beginning of labor pains. This is just the beginning of your contractions. But as things start to play out, the, the contractions are going to get more intense but that pain tells you that something good is coming, but I may have to endure something till it comes. Amen. I'm talking to the church. I'm telling you that the labor pains have begun, but we may have to walk through some things, but the birth that's going to be good, it's going to be worth it. When you're holding that baby, you forget about all those things. You'll be like, oh, look at this, there you go. Maybe you don't forget, but you know, just kind of wipe it out of your mind a little bit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 says this, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the return of Christ, so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, believers, Christians, followers of Jesus, are not in darkness so that this day, the return of Christ, should not overtake you as a thief. It shouldn't surprise us. We should, it shouldn't overtake us as a thief because we should know. We should be ready for that day. Verse 9. Let me go back. But watch for yourselves. Watch for yourselves. That's the same word as take heed. It just means to be aware, pay attention. Watch out for yourselves does not mean look out for number one and be selfish. Watch out for yourselves means personal accountability. That's what that means. In other words, you and I are responsible for what we know and don't know about the return of Christ. Watch out for yourselves. I'm really not interested in that stuff. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, watch out for yourself. Why? So that you will not be deceived. It doesn't matter if people around you aren't deceived. It's are you going to be deceived. Watch out for yourself. I'm just not interested in that end time stuff. You better watch out for yourself. I'm talking to somebody today. Watch out for yourselves. Now, jump down to verse 13. All this talks about in those uh, verses in between there, just talking about what's going to happen if you get arrested and all that brother is going to betray brother and father and child and children, all that. Verse 13. And you will be hated by all for my namesake. Let me read this again. It's in your Bible. Jesus is talking. It's in the red. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Anybody in the church ready for that? You'll be hated. Here's what hated means. Detest, hostility towards, active persecution. Remember, the end hasn't come yet, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. I know that's exciting. 
I know it's exciting, but I'm preparing you for something. The church is too soft. We just want to sing songs and hear a sermon and go home. I'm saying God is telling the church, be ready. You will be hated by all. Don't be shocked when people detest you. Don't be shocked when you get persecution. That's the way it's supposed to be. But look what it says. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Endures. That means to be persistent. Hold your ground. Not be moved. Remain under. Sustain to persevere. He or she who endures to the end will be saved. Endures to when? To the end. Who maintains, who perseveres until the end. Remember Jesus said the end hasn't come yet. And then he tells us here, he who endures to the end. We will have to endure the hatred, not avoid the hatred. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But it's going to happen. You will have to endure to the end to be saved. Endure to the, to the end. Who will be saved? Those who endure to the Not those who start. It's not about those who start will be saved. It's those who endure to the end. I'm just reading the Bible. Read the Bible. All right, now let's go to, jump down to verse 14. So when you see, when you see, you're going to see this. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, that's really important. We're not going to talk about it much today, but we're going to talk about it later. The abomination of desolation is a marker in history. When you see this, get ready. What is the abomination of desolation? Quickly. Abomination of desolation is that there's going to be a peace agreement in Israel. Amen. And that peace agreement will cause Israel to rebuild the temple. Yes. And once they rebuild the temple, they will start doing animal sacrifices again. Because remember, the Jews don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they will reinstitute animal sacrifices again. And once that's instituted, during the process of peace that the Antichrist started, there's some point during the process, the Antichrist, this is found in Daniel chapter 11, you can read ahead and study it, and the Antichrist will come in and he will stop animal sacrifices and he will set himself up and say, no longer do you do that, you worship me. When he sets himself up in the temple in Jerusalem and says, now everybody worship me, that's the abomination of desolation market. It will happen. You will see it on TV. I don't want to see it. Well, then turn the TV off, I guess. It's going to happen. When you see this, now jump down to verse 19. We don't have time. For in those days, everybody say those days. What days are we talking about? The days you see the abomination of desolation. In those days, there will be what? There will be tribulation. There will be tribulation. We're talking about this is affliction, pressure, an oppressive state of physical, mental, social, or economic adversity. There will be a tribulation in those days. Such has not been since the beginning of the creation which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. So now we're talking about in the tribulation. You're seeing it. He's still talking to people. So you're, those days there will be tribulation. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, what days? The days of tribulation. Around after you've seen the abomination of desolation. This is after that. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. That word saved is a Greek word sozo. It's the same word that we say, uh, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If Jesus saying here, if the Lord had not shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. Now, some people interpret that. That means no physical human beings would survive. 
But here's what I want to point out. Let's go to the next phrase. For the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Now, who are the elect? The elect are people that are chosen by God for a particular purpose. That's what the Greek word means. A choice chosen by God for a particular purpose. Matthew 22, 14 says this. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, when I talk about the elect, I'm not talking about chosen without a choice. I'm talking about chosen because they accepted the offer. Big difference. We become a part of the elect when we accept God's choosing. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why are few chosen? Because not everybody shows up and answers the call. So we're talking about the elect. We're not talking about people that had no choice on whether to choose God or not. We're talking about people who made the choice to answer the call of God. And he says, he shortened those days for the elect's sake. So these are people who are saved, who are Christians. This is in the tribulation that there will be elect, there will be people that are going to heaven in the tribulation. How do I know that? Revelation 7 says this. In verse 14, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It goes on to talk about that. So there will be people that are saved, that are born again in the earth after the tribulation has already started. So now let me ask you this question. If the Christians are raptured out prior to the tribulation, this is where I'm just going to ask some questions, give you some other schools of thought, you decide what you want to believe. There's the people that believe that Jesus is going to return twice. He's going to come back. There's going to be a rapture of the church. Then there's going to be seven years of tribulation. And then there's going to be the second coming of, of Jesus. And he's, at that point, he's going to harvest the earth of everyone. Let's just look at this through the scriptures. If the Christians are gone and the elect are people who are getting saved after the rapture, then how are they getting saved? Let's go. Hold your finger there. Go over to 2 Thessalonians. I've got to go back to 2 Thessalonians at least once. Go to 2 Thessalonians. Hurry, we're on a timetable here. 2 Thessalonians. <laughs> is this interesting to anybody? This is real deal. Oh, man, I started to say, I don't have time to say that. Never mind. Verse 6. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Who's he that's going to be revealed? This is the man of sin, the son of perdition, or the Antichrist. But something is restraining. Verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is, until he is taken out of the way. Now, those who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture say that that is the church, that is the Holy Spirit that's taken out of the way, and after that, then the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist will be revealed. My problem with that is there is no way in reading that verse it says anything that tells me that is the church or that is the Holy Spirit that's restraining him. You have to have that belief and back into this verse to make that verse say that. There's nothing in that verse. It just says that he who restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. It doesn't say who he is. I believe that he could be an angel of the Lord. That he's taken out of the way just means he's moved out of the way. Not snatched out of the way necessarily rapture. That word does not mean rapture. That word just means he goes out of the way, comes out of the way, or moves out of the way. Let me give you an example. Last week we were in a meeting, we were talking to some people, and there was someone sitting right in front of me, and there was a person that was sitting right behind them. I couldn't see them. And I said, hey, where's so-and-so? Are they not here? This person moved a little bit to the side. I'm like, oh, there they are. 
That's what I'm talking about. It just be moved out of the way that who you couldn't see was there all along. All of a sudden, now we can see him. So now, if these people, if it's the Holy Spirit and the church that's taken away and raptured out, how are these people that are left behind getting saved? If the Holy Spirit is gone, how are they getting saved? Well, some would say, well, he's just sovereignly saving them. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't. <laughs> if we're going to get rid of Scripture, we have to have new Scripture to negate current Scripture. And my Bible tells me in Titus chapter 3 how we are saved. It says we are saved. He has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So if the Holy Spirit's gone and that's who regenerates and, and gives us a born-again spirit, how are people getting saved during the tribulation? Just a thought. Just a question. If you're getting scared, don't get scared. Look at, look at verse 8. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whenever this restraining is moved out of the way, then the lawless one, the son of perdition, the man of sin, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to, pay attention to this, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Notice what's happening. The son, this Antichrist is going to come, and he's going to come according to the working of Satan. He's going to have power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. So the deception is going to take place among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Where is the deception going to take place? Among anyone who does not love the truth. It's going to be in a group that's going to be deceived by the Antichrist. These signs and powers and lying miracles, all this is going to take place. And the ones who are going to be deceived are the ones who do not love the truth. You've got to love the truth. You've got to love the Bible. Because this is our life raft. This is what helps us know, hey, this is what's coming. I'm telling you, things are going to play out as I'm watching the news and watching things. I can't even tell you all the things that I'm seeing prophetically. I'm like, yes, 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 that too. Yes, it's happening right now. Right now it's happening. And we're going to see it continue to play out. So look at all these things. Sign, power, signs, and lying wonders. Now go back to Mark chapter 13. This lines right up with here, verse 21, that if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it for, here, ready, ready, false Christs, false prophets will rise and show, here they are again, signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, the abomination, let's get the order again. He endures to the end, will be saved. Abomination of desolation happens. Bam. Then there's going to be tribulation in those days. Bam. Elect's going to be here, still on the earth. People are going to be saved. Then it says here, false Christs and prophets are going to rise up and show wonders, signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, even the Christians, even the followers of Jesus are going to have an opportunity to be deceived. How are we not going to be deceived? Because we know the truth. 
We got to do it. We got to know the truth. We got to know what the Bible says. He says, even the very elect will be deceived. Wow. Why are Christians going to be deceived? Because they do not know. They just attend church and look at a preacher and they don't know for themselves. I'm telling you, start knowing your Bible. If all you do is know Instagram and Snapchat and all that stuff, but you don't know this, you will be deceived. I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying that to encourage you. When people just sit here every week, don't take notes, don't look at sermon notes, and never look at a Bible. Oh, Jesus, help me say this with love. The the possibilities of you being deceived go up astronomically. Is that good? I'm not telling you you're going to be, but I'm saying when you just sit here, never take notes, don't look at your own Bible, don't look at the sermon notes, your chances of being deceived are way up here. I don't read my Bible during the week because I just don't have time. That's okay, you don't have to, God's going to let you not do it, but I'm saying your chances of being deceived are going to be incredibly heightened. So I'm not saying it like, well, you just got to read your Bible. I'm talking about saving your life. I care. That's why I get passionate about it. I care. Look what he says. Simon, but, but, but take heed. But take heed. See, I have told you all these things beforehand. Why did Jesus tell us all these things beforehand? 2,000 years prior to now, he told us all these things beforehand so we wouldn't be deceived. But take heed. Pay attention. Beware. Be on the lookout. Don't take the mainstream media's word for it. Stop believing social media. I'm going to say this again. Mainstream media and the social media have an anti-Christ agenda. If you're waiting for the truth of the end times to come across CNN or Fox or MSNBC, it will not happen. I don't mean that to be hateful. I'm just saying they will never present the truth of the end times from the word of God. I'm just giving you tips. Go to, go, to verse, go to verse 24. But in those days, after that tribulation, are you reading your Bible? Yeah. After those days. What? So after the, come on, get the order. Uh, abomin- abomination of desolation happened. Then tribulation happens. The elect's sake are here. God's going to shorten the days. False Christ and false prophets are going to rise, show signs and wonders to deceive. In those days that we're talking about, after that tribulation, are you here? You understand the word after, what that means? Not before. After that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then, everybody say then. After then. After that tribulation, then they will see. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. When will they see him? They will see him after. Now, if you don't believe that, that's okay. There's plenty of, there are some major preachers that I respect a huge amount that don't preach what I'm preaching. And that's totally okay. I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. I am happy to be wrong on this topic. If I'm wrong and we go out before the tribulation on the way up, I will say, my bad. Woo! (laughs) I missed that one. I will gladly do that. 
But if I'm right, and I'm how I interpret the Bible, then we need to be prepared. Because people are hearing, oh, don't worry about it. You'll never know about the Antichrist. Don't worry about it. You'll never see all that stuff. I hope they're right. But if they're not, we got a church full of people. I'm talking about capital C church full of people that's just counting on escaping any troubles. Why is the church in such chaos right now over the trouble we're seeing? Because we're not prepared. We're not prepared for difficulty. We're pre prepared for sermons and lunches and potlucks. Oh, Lord. And, and, and then, then you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather together his elect. Whoa, 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 whoa. So we're going to see him. We're going to see the Son of Man and his angels. He's going to gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest part of the earth. So there's elect. There's people on the earth that he's going to gather. To the farthest part of heaven. So we got people that are Christians that are saved. They're going to be spending eternity with Christ on the earth. That when he comes with the angels, he's going to gather together those that are on the earth and those that are in heaven. What's that mean? First Thessalonians chapter 4. I don't have to go there. But it says when we see him, he will bring together with him those who sleep in Jesus. I know this is a lot. I'm sorry. It's like, hey, just when you play it back, you can pause. That's the beauty of it. Look at verse 29. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. What generation are we talking about? The generation that sees all of these things. That sees all of them take place. Let me... Oh, no. If I go there, I can't. Okay. Man, there's a lot more that I want to show you. But look at verse 26. Hold your finger there. And look at this, one thing, one thing. It's, it won't take but a second if you turn faster. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want to show you something. This is so cool. Then they will see the man coming. So you got the Son of Man coming, Jesus coming, and the angels coming, and they're gathering together. So Jesus is coming, the angels come, and they gather. Mark it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verse 6. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled, uh-oh, you're with them. They're tribulation and trouble going together. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when? When do we get rest? When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Same thing we just read in Mark chapter 13. Then you will see him. See, revealed. Same wording. We'll see him. I'm sorry, point east. We'll see him. He's revealed. When he comes with his mighty angels, look at, okay, read on. With his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished. What's the punishment? With everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. That's the punishment is your banished from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in, everybody say that day. When he comes in that day, that's the day we've been talking about, to be glorified in his saints and be admired among all those who believe 
because our testimony among you was believed. Notice what's happening. Jesus comes back, his angels with him. There are two groups of people existing together. One group is going to be banished from the presence of God. One group is going to admire him. If you're admiring him, where are you? I'm not, I'm not, I'm here admiring him because I believe. What does that mean? That I put my faith in Jesus Christ, that he was real. Even though I don't see him, I love him. And when I see him, I'm going to be, there he is. (laughs) It's really happening. That's admiring. But when you don't believe him, you'll be like, oh no. Too late. Too late. But those who believe will admire him. Look at him. Look at him. Yes, the angels. Come on. It's time. Now, it'll be fast. You won't have time for all that. But I'm just saying you'll admire him. So two groups of people will be together. I don't have time to teach this, but you read the parable of the wheat and the tares. Remember, Jesus said this. Let them grow together until the time of the harvest. People of God. People not of God, they're going to grow together until the harvest. There's just one harvest. Because notice what happens. When he comes, two groups of people, some are going to admire, some are going to be banished. That's the judgment of the unjust happening at the same time. Hmm. All right, I can't go any further. Are you enduring to the end? There's no, no easy way to stop this. Here's what, here's what I feel like God's wanting us to do today. It's help us be aware that the end is near. And are you ready for the end? Are you ready for it? I'm telling you, get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. Start watching the news with your Bible. So just start reading. Start doing some research. Start looking beyond superficial information that's out there. There's things, bigger things going on in a virus. Is the virus happening? Is it legit? Is it real? Yes. Absolutely. But is there a bigger picture happening? Yes. Yes. And more yes. People are like, Chad, why are you making such a big deal? This is just about the virus. It is not just about the virus. And by the time the world catches up to that fact, it will be too late. I'm saying the church, Jesus said, that's why I told you these things beforehand, that it will not overtake you like a thief, that you will be ready, you will be watching, and you'll be like, oh, I see you, I know what you're trying to do, I will not be deceived. I ain't going to be deceived. I'm going to get in my word and I'm going to be prepared. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.